0: My best friend has fuzzy hair. My best friend walks with a tail in the air. My best friend makes me feel full as a moon.
1: Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. I'm Tracy Hotchner, best friend to your best friends, your dogs and cats. Every week, I invite pet experts and authors to expand our understanding of the four-legged members of our families. To hear other episodes of this show and all the delightfully informative Pet Talk radio shows I co-host with top veterinarians and pet experts, please go to RadioPetLady.com. And I do hope to see you at my Dog Film Festival and Pooch Party, October 2nd and 3rd in New York City. Learn more at DogFilmFestival.com. Dog Talk is a production of Eight Paws LLC, which is solely responsible for its content and is brought to you with the generous support of Oruva, a pet food company that makes food for cats and dogs in their family's human food facility, following the exact same guidelines for ingredients and handling. Oruva's unusual name comes from the owner's three rescued cats, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, and their desire to feed them food that's good enough for people to eat. All varieties of canned waruva, pouches of cats in the kitchen, and their more economical BFF, Best Feline Friend Brands, are made to specifications for people food, so your four-legged family members will eat as well as you do. Well, I have a Memorial Day treat for all of us, me especially, selfishly. I could have this conversation all by myself and not include all the rest of you, but I didn't think that was really fair. The amazing, remarkable, iconic William Wegman, who nobody doesn't know William Wegman and his extraordinary work. Is going to spend some time with us talking about, well, starting out by talking about two of his films that are going to be in the Dog Film Festival. But I really can't wait to talk about the arc of his life as a as an artist and a filmmaker and a clearly a dog lover. Those of you that had the pleasure, I did many years ago at the Parish Art Museum. Uh, right in Southampton, the home of, of this studio, uh, there, there he was with his dog. So I, I had the thrill of meeting him and, and bringing as many of his books along as I could for him to sign. Bill Wegman, welcome to Dog Talk. It's just so cool that you could break away from your studio work and all of those four-leggeds and, and spend some time with us. Thank you.
0: Well, not exactly breaking away from my dogs as I'm staring at them right now. Exactly. Where I go?
1: Uh, that's right. <laughs>
0: so. Here they are.
1: That's the nature of my. Here they are. Batting their head. eyebrows. Oh, they're. Batting uh, their eyes at me. How many are there in your life right now?
0: Well, if you had called two months ago, I would have said four. Uh-oh. Uh, now Now what I you have do? two. Yes, yes. Oh no. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, they were fifteen and fourteen, and. Um, Had a wonderful life, and of course I'm sad. But uh, I never really expected to have four dogs at once.
1: That was a lot. That
0: these 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 old ones just kept surviving rather dire um, conditions. Uh, You know, uh, what kind of things? Really and a tonsil tumor they uh, one of the, the dogs bobbin who was chip's son i don't know if you know the name's all my yes, dogs yes yes absolutely
1: please there was, was fay the
0: fay went to, to Faye, and then daddy and then chip and then bobbin so bobbin is the last Fae ray related dog that i had he died at 15 and a half that is so at old seven, he was diagnosed with a uh, a leg tumor and it was uh, suggested we amputate but i didn't or we didn't and and he recovered from that and then when he was ten he diagnosed the really big uh, lung tumor, and lived five and a half more years without. My
1: God! Without can you, any. Can you go back to the to the tumor on the leg? Because I, I'd love to know. I have a show called the Pet Cancer Vet, and and I lost yeah. my my Rottweiler to what they said was probably long bone cancer. I couldn't amputate because he had yeah. problems with his hind end. How did how did was it diagnosed? And then how did you? Well, he was
0: limping. After I came back from the summer, he had a, a limp and. A, and uh in his right left paw okay. uh, around the ankle and uh we brought him to the amc which is a wonderful yep. hospital animal and medical
1: in, center in the city
0: yes that's where all my dogs go for their cancer treatment and they noticed atypical uh cells in his uh in this leg and to be really safe amputation would be recommended and if not uh, radiation. Well, it turned out to be not any of those things. Oh my gosh! Probably just uh, yeah. Just he so he
1: sprained his he hospital. sprained his ankle running around in Maine, where you spend the summers.
0: I, I don't know exactly. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know really what they were finding or what the results were, but I just couldn't see doing it to him, uh, and didn't. And another case with a lung tumor that was considered inoperable, and good luck, and if you last the summer. That would be marvelous, and he lasted five more summers. So How he was
1: amazing! A, the kind of
0: dog that he just seemed to be able. I thought he would never die because he just seemed to uh, to, to blow survive it all, off. all of these things. Yeah,
1: isn't that and something?
0: You've heard of people that way too. Yes. So. Yes, and well, I've I'm, had a lot of contact. I've had a lot of contact with cancer doctors. My dog Batty, who was uh, Bobbin's grandmother, um, flew out uh, to. Uh, with my wife to Colorado State to meet this amazing Dr. Withrow. She had mast cell tumors, and uh, he was able to operate and give her another four years. Really? So you know. And where, were, really her, where were her where were her mast
1: cell tumors on her skin?
0: Uh, well, both two doctors were watching me at the Polaroid studio, photographing my dog with this giant camera. And the two, you know, as, as entertainment, they came came to watch me, and they both started looking at the the back of her leg saying, you know, you might have this checked out. It looked like just a little fluffy spot uh, in her high back thigh. Okay. um, And uh, sort of feathery looking. It didn't look like anything really. So we had it checked out and it was cell tumors. I'll be darned.
1: And why did you have to, to? Why did you go to to Colorado when you have the AMC there? Did they have some special like?
0: This was, the, that back then it was the top cancer hospital. We had met this doctor Withrow who came to watch me, and he was the head of this department there. And it's a, it's a whole uh, department that involved in studying the relationship with uh, humans and dogs, and right? Cancer. And, and it is the most, from what I all my vets told yes, me, it's yes. the most amazing. Uh, research hospital for that and my wife had a wonderful time there got you know great tour of this of this place and Ohio State is another great hospital for, for that kind of research so I did go through there too.
1: How amazing and then they went on to continue to work to work with you?
0: Well I never Dr. Withrow is now retired. No like, I don't mean uh, the
1: doctors he... I mean the dogs I mean the dogs.
0: Completely... Oh the dogs yes <laughs> yeah. yeah the dogs were great they worked all the way to the very end
1: Wow. You know, one of the things that that I that that strikes me when I see the early you you made early videos. I mean, I'm I'm fascinated in the dogs that are now with you. I'm really sorry for your loss, but they really had a really good long life. But I understand that you're a fine artist, that you're a painter and you're also in your, your work that you've done. With postcards and, and the juxtaposition of, of sort of found postcards and painted on postcards, you obviously are an artist in many different ways, but you embraced video as, would we call it, an art form? Is that right? I mean, early on in the 70s when places like MoMA would have a little dark room and there'd be video art in there, were yeah. you considered an oddball for, for embracing video then as a, a way of expressing yourself artistically?
0: Mm. When I was in grad school in the late 60s, uh, uh, painting really, I was a painting ma- major, painting was really challenged as a viable medium, and uh, there was lots of experimental things being done in performance and installation. And right. There were things like conceptual art and earth art and all kind of body art and all kinds yes. of things, and it was not at all unusual to grab something other than a, in a brush or, or an etching plate to make art with. In fact, it was... It was a period of of incredible and sometimes tedious adventure. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> you know, mean everyone that seemed uh, <laughs> well, everyone that seemed at CalArts Arts uh, in, in 1970 had a port-a-pack and was making the most boring video you ever seen. That is so
1: funny. I didn't but, I, uh, didn't, I um, didn't stay in the booths much at MoMA when there were things. It was like you watched paint dry, but literally you watched paint dry.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I uh, borrowed when I was teaching in, in University of Wisconsin. One of my First teaching jobs right after grad school, I um, borrowed some uh, video equipment from the sports department where you would um, oh, practice your golf swing. I guess.
1: Oh, how fun. And
0: then when that ran out, I borrowed one from the from the medical school where doctors would practice their bedside manner.
1: Oh, that's hilarious!
0: And, uh, and they were in, by no means portable, like compared to today's. Right. Studio, you could make on your phone. They're big things you would lugged into your studio and kind of table models with uh, with wires coming out. So that's what I did, and I really thought that was better for me than to uh, later when, when there was portable video available, I, I sort of stopped doing it. Because the early stuff that.
1: feels very pioneering. I mean, people can – the beauty, of course, of YouTube and, and the internet is that you can see almost anything. And it, some of your early videos, Two Dogs in a Ball, I think it was 1972, mm-hmm. um, and, and the spelling yeah. lesson, which is going to be in the Dog Film Festival, which is very short and a level to me of hilarity that's just like it encapsulates just too many funny things about the human-canine relationship and conversation. But doing it then, it looks all – grainy and old fashioned which it really was i think it's a, an interesting reminder of of how different it was then to use film as a medium and as you say once it became easy and anyone could do it then it's not it's not as interesting as borrowing equipment that was meant for something else entirely and turning it into it's lasting art. I mean, these things stay. Were you? Did anyone take it seriously at the time, given the subject matter, having the dogs in it or a dog in it? It was, it was mostly Man Ray, right?
0: Yeah, and actually just one out of ten of my pieces had a dog in it, Man Ray. Oh, but right, right. I was, I was making – one of my uh, problems was how to get into the frame and also how to get out or bring the action in and, and end it was very interested in uh, beginnings and ends, which seemed to be the opposite of the art direction of the time, which was the field approach or, you know, just uh, massive arrays of, uh, of, of similarities. And so I, I, wanted, I was working with really ordinary everyday things like glasses of milk or doors yes. and chairs or, yes. or whatever. But then the problem was how to get into the, into the work and how to get out. So I, I like them to be short, you know, a minute or less. And the reason I think that I was so, uh, I kept doing it was uh, was I'd be editing at some studio and the engineers would, would be riveted or crack up. So I realized that I was really speaking and communicating. I wasn't just uh, generating um, stuff.
1: Yeah, self-serving, uh, I- self-expression. So you actually discovered a reaction from the people around you
0: accident yeah yeah it was really obvious when it wasn't working and I'd start to sweat like this is really embarrassing a long <laughs> thing. so I'd go and edit that one out you know, this darned. is not good because I'm uncomfortable in front of it I'm not happy living with my own work here so and, how, and how old were you at that point
1: were you still young and and developing at As that
0: well, point I was in my uh, early 20s and mid-20s before I started to have a gallery and start the show but um there were places to show the work, which really appealed to me, like uh, it could be broadcast, it could be uh, shown in your studio, it could be uh, copied on another tape and sent to somebody. I really liked being able to reach an audience away from where I lived. Um, You wouldn't have to be in front of the original to get it, and that that was interesting too, especially living in the Midwest at the time, I could send the, the work to New York and have somebody um, Who was the head of a museum, like it and show it, and I, and I obviously wanted to do that. I didn't want to just just uh, work away.
1: Is it true that no one. is it? Yeah, and which is of course the conundrum of being any kind of a, of an artist, right? Are you you're not doing it just for yourself well, alone? Oh, you
0: know, Bach worked for God. Bach worked for oh, God, right. and uh, and that's that's great, but I didn't know quite how to do that.
1: <laughs> you didn't know so, if God was going to be going to be working. Work
0: for uh, you know. Well, if I could make my mother laugh, then I realized she was at least
1: right. There's somebody. It. I mean, either God or, in some cases, with, with early work for for the Pope or the King, you could do a lot of work for the King. Yeah. But we didn't have one handy yeah.
0: here. Is it true yeah. that part of the problem with making video with your buddies is everyone thinks that you're funny and great? So to be able to reach an audience that doesn't know you personally was the real challenge and the real victory for me in my early work. Was seeing somebody who does never heard of me who didn't know me it wasn 't my best friend uh, uh, getting it or sharing yes. you know, with
1: it, it was, so how did particular. it how did it feel when if its if in fact the apocryphal story is true that Man Ray kind of wandered onto a shoot that you were doing or a video you were making and and just you thought well he 's there, and it must have clicked and worked, and people must have responded in very much the way that you 're talking about, you obviously never envisioned becoming someone whose name and work and fame and success. Was so inextricably tied up with the imagery of the Weimar Honors, be it wearing clothes or or draped on objects or becoming part of the landscape in, in your, I guess, more recent work. Is that something that has irked you and bothered you? Because I, I've watched a lot of your videos and I, I find them fascinating because you, you obviously are a very uh, well educated and trained artist. As you said, you went to CalArts, which was the place. And then you taught art. Does it well, bother I you?
0: I didn't go to Cal art, CalArts. I, I went to the University of Wisconsin and Matt's art in Boston, but I was teaching in LA and people at CalArts used to let me borrow equipment at oh, its with uh, I was friends with lots of LA artists at the Got time. it.
1: So you were just very aware and, of the uh, sensibility. Yeah. But the question so, is, so did you a- did you mind becoming so inextricably tied up with the dog imagery when in fact as obviously an eclectic artist with all kinds of ideas and skills and 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 ways to work that did it has it felt to you at any time a little irritating? I mean certainly you're not going to spit in the eye of it, but is it like hang on, hang on you know this is it's not just about the dogs does Does that bothersome to you?
0: Not anymore, but there was a period where I was sensitive to it, but in the beginning, I was very careful not to use man Ray or overuse him, and I only used him. Staringly, and only released those pieces that I thought were very strong because I didn't really want to you know, resort to that. Uh, 1978, after eight years of working with him, I almost as a, uh, like like he would do in Lent, you know, giving up. Yes, yes, yes. Like that, I, g- I gave up working with him. Oh, how funny. And he was miserable. He was coming oh. to the studio, just slumped down on his bed going, Oh, you're just going to be making those prison art drawings. Now. <laughs> we're not going to be, we're not going to be doing anything. You're just going to be sitting at your desk. And God, he was so unhappy. But I, I stuck to it. And then, fortunately, in 1979, Polaroid invented this gigantic camera and kept pressing me to come and use it. And, Is that the one that Chuck Close so,
1: uses? Was that a giant Polaroid? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Mhm. So I went to Boston, it was in Cambridge, and I brought man Ray and I, and, uh, and I started to photograph him. used big with this big camera and that that uh, that carried us through for another four years, and then he died when he was about twelve and a half, and I didn't get another dog and didn't until Faye three years later and I didn't work with her for another year because wow. I to do another dog thing yeah sure so I had a dog as a I had Faye as a pet lying right. on my bed saying to me I didn't come all the way from Memphis Tennessee to lie <laughs> around here let's get to work <laughs> so I eventually did and it was pretty amazing you know I realized I had been denying myself and the dog something to do and something really important I guess so you know that's where I am now I'm still
1: I'm sorry. You were you were saying where you are now? Is no, that no?
0: S- I said that's where I am now. Is, is I'm very happy and feel blessed to be able to work with these amazing dogs. And, and you
1: have two youngsters. Every once
0: in a while, I, I feel like I'm uh, I did I don't need to do anymore, but but I like it, so yes. I do. Yes,
1: yes, and and it, you probably think, well, what more is there to explore? And I don't know how recent the the photos are of the dogs draped on huge rocks that are either on a cliff or on the.
0: Oh, yeah, that so was I- the amazing Batty, the most relaxed dog I've oh ever had. Oh, my God. She, she was, you know, I can't, the dogs I have now won't lie flat on the floor. Right. So there won't be any more dog al- alphabets, and there won't be right. any more dogs dra- draped over things. It's just, what what I like about the dogs I'm working with is they're always, the Honors, but they're always different. They always have their own things that I can find that are different from the past ones. Like, Say was different from Man Ray. That he was different from, say, and on and on. There's enough of a of similarity where I know how to work with him, but what I'm going to do with him is evolve.
1: Which, which is, uh, and we all evolve with you. And I, I want to take a quick break, just like a second. And when we come back, I, I want to talk to you about a lot of pioneering ideas that you had, which have been copied by people who aren't even professional artists or photographers. But the idea of having a man's hands come out from the sides of a dog, which is now sort of a, a, a kind of a clever thing that, that that you see around, whether it's in a, even a commercial or something, and, and how that idea was clearly born with you and not necessarily that you need to get credit for everything you invented. But I think that credit is due there because in the Hardly Boys and Hardly Gold that's going to be in the film festival, that is just so astounding, the way in which – the, the dogs are golfers and fishermen. And we'll be right back after a quick break to, to talk about where that idea came to you. It, it was unique and now is one sure. of those things that people think has always been there, but it was Bill Wegman's idea. We'll be right back after this quick break. This show is made possible in part by Precious Cat Litter, owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian in Colorado, who has created many different low-dust litters for the health of all members of the family, cats or people with asthma and allergies. Precious Cat also makes litter for the special needs of many cats, from kitten-attract litter that helps youngsters develop good habits, to cat-attract litter that helps those with out-of-litter box issues get back in the box. Precious Cat's Touch of the Outdoors litter provides environmental enrichment bringing to indoor cats the natural scent of the outdoors from field grasses grown in their own fields. I'm back gotcha. with Bill Wegman. You're wondering who I've been talking to. I should have told you that during it, but I'm just so amazed and fascinated to be talking to this extraordinary artist who clearly embraced Weimaraners because they insisted on being in the middle of the picture, which is very honor like And, you know, I guess a lot of people have that breed they love the best and Labradors would certainly be on the top of, of everyone's hit list and if you've had a on, and I don't know if this was true for you with Man Ray, they are so connected, the eye contact that you, that, you, that they say you should never make with a dog because that's threatening the the whimes want to make eye contact with you all the time and your Wimes make eye contact with the camera all the time. And you can't make that yeah, happen. Really they different. want to do that. What, what's up with those amazing yes. blue eyes that turn yellow and the fact that they're staring yes. right into your soul all the time?
0: I know. Isn't it incredible? It uh, is. I don't get it, and I, I don't really need to get it. I just, I just trust it and yes. uh, play with it. So, so,
1: so let's talk okay, about— It's
0: really weird. You know, with this big camera, let me just talk about the no, big camera there that I was using. It's the yes. size of a refrigerator. It's not like they're looking into me. When when you see a dog making eye contact, they're really looking into the lens. Yes. And that's something I first noticed with Faye when the the guy, John Reuter, who was running the camera, would say, okay, Bill, ready. As soon as John would say ready, Faye would look right into the lens. Wow. She would would imagine I would want her to look there, and not always did I, but uh, enough times that it became kind of... Do you think it was like
1: ESP? No, seriously. Do you think you were like sending her a thought wave? Look over here, sweetheart.
0: Well, maybe because if there's something focusing in in central about a lens. Maybe yes, you got it. Or maybe I might have even tapped the top of it. Say I want you here, but she picked up on that signal that I want her there as I tapped on the top of the lens. And she would hold it.
1: And she I think that hold it, it, and, then. and you didn't pick your dogs or your or the puppies you got later, of which there are several videos that I think people may be familiar with. a a film that was done by the New York times about you and your work Mm -hmm. in the wilderness in Maine. And this really cool old jalopy that had moss growing on it and pine needles. And you put one of your new little puppies on top and got these pictures that are like hauntingly beautiful. And it's very clear that the puppy is posing. The puppy's not scared. He's not been abandoned on top of an old car. He's like, okay, dad, How's this for you? How's this working for you? How do you think do you think that's an energy that you give to the dogs? Because you can't make that happen. It happens organically. Well, I
0: think I, some, someone who's noticed me working that knows about working with dogs say that I use touch. I use my hands. Yes. I'm always touching them and lifting them. And, you know, one of the easy things that I found is if you put them somewhere and they know they're supposed to be there, like up on something, yes. it, it takes more than just uh, uh, a split second for them to get down. They have to really say, "Okay, I have to jump off here, rather right. uh, than just walk off here." Right. So, and and you know, you make sure that they're safe and never fall or get hurt. And then they they become used to it. They go, oh, "Yeah, I'm going to be here. This is right. my mark. This is where Bill wants yes. me." Yes. Here I am.
1: I think it's an energy force or field or something. I mean, not to sound too woo-woo, but everyone who has a dog would, would look at what you do. And if, you, and if anyone has the pleasure of looking at these videos of you working, your hands are very often on the dog. There's a little puppy on a big fitness, a red fitness ball. And he's not scared. He's trying to get his balance, but, but your hand is often behind him, just giving that little reassurance, that little support, that little encouragement. When you made the Hardly Boys in Hardly Gold— Which it's you you guys have to come to the Dog Film Festival and see it. And even if you've seen it on YouTube, forget it. It's not going to be the same as seeing it in a giant proscenium theater with 765 other people. I mean, it's going to to me, it's going to feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I wouldn't be surprised if we show it every year because it's like, oh, my God, here comes the part where she's in the golf cart. Fay Ray Bettina, Crookie yeah. well. and Chundo, all of whom were hardly boys because – and then there's this voiceover by Bill underneath that's sort of like this very flat, almost like a Garrison Keillor thing. And he's like, because they are hardly boys because they are dogs and they are girls. I mean it, where did these ideas come to you? There's a kind of a wry, satirical, but very straightforward – it's almost deadpan. It's this deadpan humor that's just – captivating. It's it's something that no one has... I've never experienced it as a film goer. To have this experience... Well, I am
0: from New England, so that might be partly That helps. uh, That helps. And my early heroes were Bob and Ray, uh, radio very dry comedians. Um, But certain things you can say over a dog, and and I don't do talking dogs like, hi, Chendo, come here. I mean, I I do a thought bubble kind of narration that can work better.
1: But the thing is,
0: I had this family of dogs I had to say, and three of her puppies. I had this cast, almost like a theatrical family. Yes. uh, To work with. And that that really... Then when I was thinking of a story, what would it be? I remember the Hardy Boys, books that I read as a a 10-year-old and growing up, you know, they were kind of... uh, and I noticed that the dogs are kind of like detectives when they're in, in Maine. they're always sniffing right. around like they' they could be sniffing for clues.
1: Yes, it looked
0: like there was a mystery, so it seemed like a a story i could I could fold over them based on the hardy boys and and the stories that I got a kick out of as a kid
1: well and when you that when, i had and, and which is a great inspiration, but then you not only put them in costumes. In one case, a wig as well. But you use the hands of obviously an assistant or more, multiple assistants, so that there are times when they're registering a guest at the inn, which is so funny. I can't even – it just – it makes me really chuckle just remembering. And I've now looked at it a number of times. It's, It's just heaven. But the hands are like taking notes in the register when did you and this is an idea that as i say i've now seen in some ads where you know dogs eating at the table there are these boring things that just go on and on it's, it's some labrador is sitting at a table and a human's hands are behind it and it's not done by a filmmaker and it's just done for the gag effect and instead of like your early videos which were 1 minute these things go on and on and on and the dogs you know put their head in the bowl or they don't and they wipe their mouth and it's like okay what's the point but here they're really engaged in what they're doing including the tennis playing, which is to die for. When did you get that idea? Because the dogs not only had to be in costume and be perfectly comfortable and willing to stay in a certain position in costume for quite a period of time, but have a human behind them being their hands. How did that, when did that, did it happen accidentally? Or did you say, I've I've got it, I know how to do this?
0: Well, I never wanted to do anthropomorphic. Uh, That seemed like really cheap. Yes. But when I made Faye tall, because I was working with a Polaroid camera which is always vertical, it took a twenty by twenty four vertical picture. I I was put Faye up on a a table that I'm actually staring at right now. It was, it's a, a kind of a rustic wooden table you would find in the Adirondacks or Yes. Something like that. So I put her Fay on that to make her up to the level of the camera. And I was wrapping some fabric around her, and had my assistant Andrea help the steady Faye. Uh-huh. And, and Andrea was talking to me, and her arms looked like somebody was
1: uh-huh.
0: attached to this pillar-like dog. And it was so incredibly spooky. I said, "Well, maybe this is okay to to go. This type of anthropomorphic. It's more like mythology rather it was, than yes. some sort of yes, something, something cute and circusy. And it was kind of eerie. So I, I kind of went with that." Then I found out um, ways to do that in film. My dogs are barking. That's okay.
1: My dogs already barked. I mean, they're they're, Uh that's good. It's the real deal. It's called dog talk. They're allowed to talk too.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, somebody came to the door. They're trying to quiet, but now they're really good guard dogs. But they make they just bellow as soon as somebody comes through. Yes, and they're large. But anyway, back to our story here. Yes, please. Uh, Yeah, getting the dogs tall and making and going with that and having the hands. It uh, was, was really different, and then I had to figure out ways to make pants, so I had special stools made that would you know, look like they were nail characters because, you know, dresses were easy. You just wrap a fabric around the dog and look like a tall woman. Um, the dogs, you know, were, again, they're up on something. Um, they know what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's really as far as uh, the dogs, there's no different than putting a blanket on them. Also, they're working outside, and they're picking up scents from across the lake or up in the sky. Right. And they really got really good expressions when I would walk further away from them or closer. They would look evil. I would come be far away. They would kind of squint. Where's Bill? (laughs) If I would come up, their eyes would open, and they would get kind of lovey-looking.
1: And and then you can use that in the story. There's a point at which two of them are in a rowboat, and they're going to find out some, some. S- some information, some clues about this mystery. And they pull up to a dock, and there's this hilarious guy holding a no trespass sign. Well, the guy is actually one of the dogs, and, you know, not a guy, a girl as well, holding this sign. And it's it, your voice under, I guess it's a voice under, over, what have you. No, 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 you may not dock here. And you get all these uh, expressions. Speaking
0: from, as though I was a sign. When, yes. you talk to, uh, when you're in dog training, you do uh, sit, stay, down. So I kind of used part of that also, speaking like I was a, a sign, like, no trespassing. Yes. Take notice. Yes. That's, out. yes Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so, so
1: funny. But that dog was, now, how did you do that dog on the end of a dock in a lake in Maine? I mean, was he, or rather she, sitting on a stool? That was,
0: that was, that was a he. That was Chundo, Faye's uh, number one son, who was uh, really great dressed up. Yeah. I got a costume that made him look like he was a caretaker, and it made him taller than any of the other dogs, so he would look kind but of Was posing. he sitting on a stool?
1: Was he sitting on a stool and a sitting human on was a behind specially
0: him? He's made stool to make him he's just sitting like a dog would sit, but he's elevated so so these bib overalls or whatever could, they were. could cover him, and then he's holding a sign that says, no trespassing, by my very tall, thin assistant, Jason, who... He's so thin and so tall, and his arms are so long. He could wrap them through the clothing, and it would look quite normal. It did. So, like so one how of that... the things, you know, one one of the, I, I really feel that that it's a merger of a human, like a hybrid, like like the hands and the actions of the specific people who acted behind these dogs carry a lot of the personality of, of the uh, scene. Uh, you know, if a dog had uh kind of jumpy hands then it would be an excited situation so forth so it's kind of a casting call for, for him well, yes
1: in fact at the register at the end he's tapping the pencil he's like hurry up hurry up he's like get on with it and it was yeah, the that's hands.
0: Jason again who is yeah he's fantastic because he's not very articulate verbally but his hands are very articulate is he part he's, italian he's fantastic uh, his name is Jason Birch. He still works with me, and whenever I need hands, wow. he's call the guy. Him, but he does a lot of other things. Yeah, I he's just w- guy.
1: wonder if he was Italian because Italians theoretically gesticulate. Maybe. I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, how many yeah.
1: how many assistants do you have at any given time? Because if you sort of stand back and look at your commercial work, in addition to your artistic work, you do huge amount of stuff for high fashion. You do things for products where you know, there's somehow, that there's shoots where the dogs are involved. Do you always have X number of people in the studio who the dogs know as well as they know you?
0: Oh, well, the film shoot, like Harley Boys, it was a big, uh, there, there was a lot of people in a big truck and, and uh, craft services and lighting. real movie. A all real kinds movie. Of, yeah, a real movie. And I was kind of stunned because I wasn't sure that was happening. And they arrived in Maine at four in the morning, with these gigantic trucks where they could hardly turn around in the dirt road. And then I was busy writing the script all night long because really? I didn't no know what to do.
1: So, yeah, so you're that really, kind of filmmaker. I
0: learned so much dirt making that little 30-minute film because I was not at all prepared for this. I'm used to video and yes. a crew of maybe three people, somebody holding a microphone, someone standing by the dog, somebody pointing the camera, and another person. So that's how we did all the Sesame Street videos on location in Maine,
1: which oh, the right. cool of
0: maybe three or four. But the Harvey boys in the film, uh, I don't, I'm not sure it was necessary, but we used like we shot a 35 millimeter and had all the things you need for that.
1: Well, l- l- why did you not make another um, movie movie like that? It's simply is it like other things you've done? Well, I did that now. And you didn't want to try and let well, you really. you yourself. Know,
0: I don't, I'm not really sure. I went to uh, it was in Sundance, and it was won this award, that award. And I remember somebody from Fox in Hollywood wanted to meet me, and uh, had heard about it. And I had screenings there in, in L.A. And, uh, wow, how I remember cool! remember the guy from Fox, when he saw the hands, he you know he was really alarmed because somebody oh, told funny. him great movie with with animals. And, he, and when I met him, he said who's the head of Fox, he said, oh, my favorite movie is Homeward Bound. And I said, well, my movie's nothing like that. <laughs> not and at all. And when he saw the hands, he went, hands? As though, you know, it was, they were penises. <laughs> it was really very alarming. And it was very clear that the that hand thing was not going to work. Just
1: freaking him out. And, and also contact. the whole tone of it. I mean, it's very philosophical. Very um, a lot of social satire. I mean, the golfing is so funny. You just pee your pants. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, she's obsessively out yeah. there golfing, having her mantra that she says every time. They're just thrown in randomly while the mystery's going on.
0: Part of the problem with working with uh, other people is they have their ideas too. Yes, yes. I, I don't. Really, I'm not really so good with that.
1: No, so, you're an artist. The
0: dogs. Everyone has so many ideas for the dogs. So why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Wouldn't the dogs be great? Now, if we could only get him to do voiceovers right, for the dogs. Right, right, right. And uh, it just got kind of out of hand and not not really good. So, also, people don't really understand how hard it was to do this. So, I did. Okay, I did. we get hundred dogs and we have them all locked up in jail, and you come and liberate the dogs and yeah, yeah. You know like they're, they're yeah, fun it's... to write but hard to execute. So, this this movie was so hard to make. I, and I really thought I was going to be making more, but I also don't really have the cast like I had then. Right. Those four dogs were amazing together.
1: Well, one of the and, things that I want to do, and, and I wrote you a little email about it, but I did it at the last minute, so I'm just going to say this, and you know, the, the extent to which you give it your blessing or not is is up to you, but I think this movie is totally amazing. But I think also that a lot of the work that you've done with dogs in it, isn't about, it's, it's so not homeward bound. Whatever we mean by that, it's the exact sure. opposite of that. And your work in general, the exact opposite of that. It's, it says many more things about people and dogs and society and expectations and setting them on their ear, which is what an artist is supposed to do, is make you look at something differently or think about something differently. So th- there are a couple of awards at the Dog Film Festival, and being the the first of annual, so there it's the inaugural Uh, dog film festival. I want to have an award that I'm going to name. I'm going to have this award and it's going to be the Man Ray Wegman Memorial Award. And it's going to be for the best performance by a dog in a film each year, because each year, of course, there will be dogs in films and some of them will be great actual performances like your dogs do. And other ones, it won't be really so much as the dog's performance just sort of being used as part of it. So I wonder whether and of course, I, I, Man Ray wasn't in a movie. Well, he was in a movie, right? He was. He's in the Spelling Lesson, so he was. He was, was, the, he was yeah. a film
0: actor, and also he was. Uh, yeah, he was in some of those things. I, I did shoot. Um, I think something in eight millimeter that isn't around, but mostly I used it in video. So Faye, the first film I made with Faye was Dog Baseball that was shot, also with thirty-five millimeter, but as though it was sixteen. Well, so really what we're
1: saying is that every year of the Dog Film Festival, there will be at least one William Wegman film because you made enough that there's a lot. There's enough to go around and all of these bring great joy to the next generation. And if anyone ever saw them, seeing it again in this context is really kind of thrilling. So I would just like your opinion off the cuff. Do you think that this year the award the The Man Ray Memorial Award should be for the ensemble cast because it's so rare to have an ensemble cast. And you know now the Golden Globes have an ensemble cast award. Mm-hmm. It isn't just for the individuals. Yeah. Are any of? Well, the, I think
0: it's pretty rare because all the other dog films like Lassie is like one star dog. Yeah,
1: one Rintan. Tin Tin there hasn't Tin, been right? one
0: with a whole family of exactly. Dogs, so be, that's kind of unique. And I think I guess. yeah,
1: and I think it also represents a long history of you of having their these dogs and their relations, and you know they carry on the line. So. I think that they're they're going to have to win as an ensemble. Do do either of the dogs that are now with you? They're not related to any of the actors in the Hardly Boys,
0: right? Um, they're not. This is a whole a whole new line. They come from a kennel. uh puppies. When I, other than the habit of photographing litters of puppies uh, before they're eight weeks old, and these lovely people from the Syracuse area brought brought Flo and Popper to me at five or six weeks, and. Uh, you know, I was, as I started our conversation, the older dogs were, you know, I, I thought it would sort of help them out by bringing them in, and so we did. And
1: then they went back was, to the litter? Now, did they go back to their litter and then come back well, to No, now
0: I have them. I, I, I picked uh, I picked out of the litter first Flo and then Flo's half-brother, Topper. So Flo and Topper have the same mother from uh, Upland Kennel in uh, Syracuse, and they're, they're now three and four, and I've had them all the time.
1: They look a lot like other Wimes you've had and Wimes to those that are wine people, they, they can look quite different from one another. What was there any similarity in the background of Fay Ray and Man Ray and then, and then this new generation?
0: I mean, well, it was, Man Ray was a blue and he was very dark and there's no relationship with, uh, that really, I didn't really keep too much in touch with his legacy, but, um, but say, as I said, uh, had a, had a litter and and batty had a litter and chip had a litter and bobbin had one so so that carried on for a while
1: well when you but had that many
0: just,
1: when you had that many dogs around you people often wonder if you have all these wimes and they barely have collars on how do, do you how quickly do you know the difference between one another like in, a, in an instant or do you have to stare for a minute and make sure you know who who is who
0: well, from an instant, I really had no, no trouble whatsoever. But other people do, so I would put little colors on them. I guess, like right now, Flo has a red collar, a red tag with her name address on it, and Topper has blue. But I I know them immediately. One's a boy, one's a girl. Right, that but helps. Their faces are different, and how they speak to you, just like children. You know, yes. you don't even identical twins, if they're That's yours, right. you would know. You
1: can tell the difference. Who? You did a, a really cool children's book on which you painted on photos of Flo as a puppy. Um, it was yeah. called Flo and Wendell. It's a beautiful book. Did that puppy inspire you to do that?
0: Um, yes, and, and so there's a limited palette of Flo because I photographed her against in the studio against White uh, maybe 30 times so or 15. So I've printed up a palette of Flo faces, and they become... The character Flo. Flo is always Flo. Topper plays Wendell sometimes. Sometimes it's other puppies. And Flo's parents are played by actually younger puppies because young, really young puppies look ancient. Pretty, yes. They look
1: prehistoric. So,
0: so Flo's parents were painted, were were played by uh, four or five week old puppies. And uh, Flo was seven or eight weeks when I photographed her.
1: And did you – and did that children's book experience – you had such a big experience with Sesame Street. And in fact, that I remember living in New York when the New York City buses had your alphabet dogs on the side. It was beyond cool. Oh,
0: I forgot about that.
1: I didn't. I remember yeah,
0: that going, was pretty cool. Oh, that
1: was so cool because when you first that saw the great. dog as a C, you didn't know for sure what you were looking at. And then you go, oh, it's William Wegman. I got it. And it was really neat. I mean the buses drove around New York advertising the alphabet in the f- in the shape of your dog's bodies. That was pretty cool, right? Completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, this neat. This group
0: now doesn't lie flat, so the alphabet isn't going to happen anymore. No. But, uh, but uh, Faye and her offspring were really good at just lying down and being there, except for Crookie, who always poked her head up, and I had to kind of convince her that she should lie flat just for the second
1: which, which was just something she did because it's what you wanted, and she got it. It's not like you had some Hollywood dog. Well, she train.
0: wasn't my dog. She was uh, a friend's dog, so oh, she I'll didn't live with us. So uh, she had to, she had to learn that. So Batty was her real sister, and Batty lived with me. Would say, Trundle lived with my sister, and he was used to being with me. But Crookie lived with Dave McMillan, the Rangely dentist, who actually made in in my book. Um, Um, Little Red Riding Hood made false teeth for the wolf
1: oh my god I've got that book that is so funny yeah well look
0: at look at when he opens his mouth it's this device that the dentist made oh my god okay so so how did you
1: how did you get Trimbo to be willing to wear false teeth
0: you know it was uh, something that he just did making the cast was really amazing too he had to clamp his teeth down on some gummy stuff just like we do cast for him Wow. And so they're all appliance. He put, the, he put it in, and then to get him to open his mouth to look ferocious, I had to put a little drop of uh, club soda on his tongue because <laughs> he got so used to it. He'd, see these, he'd just be walking around with these fangs. It was really silly.
1: And he just accepted it. We're going to take another he quick— did. We're going to take another quick break. I'm talking to William Wegman about his work and and his marvelous Weimaraner dogs and and all the ideas that he's been able to express through dogs. We'll be right back after this quick break. Support for this show also comes from Nordic Naturals, omega-3 fish oil products which provide the same premium quality omega-3 fish oils for people and their pets. Research shows that even the best diets are deficient in the essential fatty acids found in omega-3 oils. Nordic Naturals uses responsibly sourced healthy wild fish and uses third-party testing to guarantee purity and freshness in their oils, while also offering vegetarian and vegan versions of the all-important omega-3 fatty acids. Dog Talk is also brought to you by the Animal Specialty Center in Yonkers, New York, where a staff of specialized veterinarians and their sophisticated equipment offer expanded options in diagnostics and treatment. If your pet has a condition that is not resolving with your own vet's care or is beyond her level of expertise, you might consider a consultation at the Animal Specialty Center. I am back, Bill. I, I do remember. There's no reason why would you ever remember me coming to the art the Parish Art Museum when you were there signing all your books, except for that I was the idiot who decided, I'll bring my Weimaraners Honors to meet the famous Weimar Honors and your dogs looked at my dogs and they had the lowest, most serious growl I ever heard. It's like, This uh, is dear. our party, uh, lady, get out.
0: Well this group now is much more welcoming to other dogs and you would you would get the opposite treatment.
1: But it was it was really oh. very funny because I mean they're very mellow, very laid back, very chilled. But I came bounding in. I had one blue and 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 uh, a and, yeah. and, and whatever, and I was like, oh, this will be so great. And it wasn't so great. And meanwhile, the 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 other people who didn't think it was great were the museum people. They're like, you really were not invited to bring your dog. Was that? A f- <laughs> uh, do you remember that experience of sitting there when everyone? I do. Buying I do. Books? And every
0: once in a while, I'll do book signings, and people will bring their dogs, and some of the. Hosts are very welcoming, and others aren't.
1: Right, and understandably. I always
0: am. So. Well,
1: how? But so, th- why were those dogs less welcoming? They just were not in the habit of having other dogs in their space. They were used to being the king I think, of the space. You know, I
0: think it could, sometimes they just get triggered by a sort of a vibe of the second. Yes. And I'm sure that it, it could have worked. Also, there are probably if there were more than one, I don't recall how many I had been, but a, a pack acts differently than absolutely. A single. Dog. Now, when I do a book signing, I always just bring one because I don't want the pack thing to happen.
1: And and like and, for instance,
0: my sister has a cat, and when one dog comes, it's fine. But when all four come, it's not fine. You know, yes. the dogs gang up. Gang That's
1: up. exactly so, what what happened to me when I when I first moved to East Hampton. I added one dog. It wasn't a Weimaraner, but I added a dog to the mix because it got lost by the side of the road. And the cats who had been coexisting fine suddenly became prey. And they went after them like yeah. a pack of dogs. I'm like, that's terrible. I mean, and once they got yeah, a taste yeah, of that, that thing's bad. yeah. Once they once they have a chance yeah. to do that, they they absolutely love to do it. You did something at the Morgan Library in New York, which is just such a gorgeous, fabulous place in the company of animals, dogs, and photography. What was that? Was that a show of your work,
0: or was no, it a video about it? I'm getting Alzheimer's a little bit. I'm, no, you uh, know what? You're just I don't you're too popular. That
1: show. Well, it was it was well, a video. Well, I do a lot
0: of things and. And I don't remember what it was. I love the Morgan, but not not for my work in it. <laughs> well, I mean, your work
1: must have been in it because it was a whole video of you doing, uh, you know, in the Company of Animals about dogs and photography. Yeah. And who knows? You might have been talking to other photographers or, or other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't
0: recall that show, but, I, but it's coming back to me. I'll send
1: you a link to it.
0: We'll have to have another conversation. We will.
1: That. I mean, reminding you of the, of the mm-hmm. buses in New York. And I mean, that helps, too. So um, yeah. just one last question if these two young dogs want to be the in the middle of things, the way Faye and Man Ray did, are you going to continue to utilize in that way and happy to, as you said, embrace it? Or will it be a, like a long lent where you say, you know what? The oldsters are gone. The youngsters are here. And maybe they're just going to be my companions. What's going to determine?
0: No, I'm working, I'm working very hard with them and they demand it as all Weimaraners that I've had do. And, and they're, they're, they have been dressed. I did a, a parody of uh, a of a photograph, famous photograph, for a friend, kind of as a joke. But mostly they're naked, looking quite beautiful, standing up on on crazy things. Like I I, I got some furniture from uh, from Eames. Uh, all you know, really. Classic, yes, of course. Mid century modern furniture, and did some amazing pictures. We recently did a project. Um, with some other other furniture, so I'm trying to find more interesting things for them to yes. climb up on and yes. pose with. And so, and they look different from the other pictures I've taken, even though ever since I put Man Ray on a white box, um, you know that that's become sort of the classic thing that I always do. Every dog gets a chance to stand on a white box. Um, well, you, know what, you know what you know what that sort of
1: what what it makes me think of and and everyone knows that image his just his front legs are up in the box and he's in profile and I think really what was extraordinary about that photograph was that it made us see the the, the form of the dog differently as something extraordinary sculptural and if you think of pop art. And people said, well, what was Andy Warhol doing? That's just a a can of soup. Well, that's just a dog on a box. How's that art? Well, it's art because it makes Mm -hmm. you look at it differently because it's framed and because there's a concept behind it. And I think that the dog as a, a beautiful part of nature, as something in and of itself extraordinary or how it's transformed by the context it's in, is something that you've invented as an idea. I mean, you don't even have copycats particularly. It's really your space well, these dogs
0: these dogs are really uh you know as, as you know, their nickname is the gray ghost, and they kind of dissolve in nature and hide and reappear and
1: and never leave your side leave
0: that, I leave that sort of gray neutralness to as though it's a blackboard that I can write my own stories on, so. yes, exactly, and each I can think up new things as long as. Long as possible
1: now i've noticed that some of the boys weren't neutered and um at the time that was quote unquote one could say one dare say politically incorrect oh, all dogs should be spayed and neutered what we've now found out which is you know not an art issue but a health issue is that the longer that you delay spaying and neutering particularly neutering a male maybe even don't do it at all the greater chance that they will live to the grand old age yours did of course the irony is that yeah. that that man ray or, or was it uh was it Bobbin? Somebody had two cancers and survived it entirely. I don't know if he was an intact yeah. male or I mean, not.
0: Bobbin Bobbin was neutered at about eight or nine. That's late. And he had, uh, yeah, he and it was for a medical reason. I forgot what it right, was. But, right, right. Uh, so. Um, so why did
1: you keep them intact? Popper,
0: because Popper just turned three and he's not neutered, but he's not terribly aggressive. Uh, so I, I don't feel like, and I and I don't check him into. Uh, dog hotel so you know where they require that oh, that's that's, that's sort of the problem with new york when people leave their their dogs at a at a daycare they require that they're um neutered so they would neuter them before a year which is very I bad not good.
1: it's terrible yeah. in fact anyone listening uh, this is another chance to 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 look at also the beautiful physique of your dog's which I have to believe is in good part because they aren't neutered and it keeps them leaner and meaner like a stallion horse is always more beautiful, muscular and shine and and coat than a gelded horse because those hormones actually have a function. As far as aggressivity, they've actually, there's some tests that have been done showing that early neutered males are more insecure, lack confidence, and that's fear aggression that you're seeing. And that aggression doesn't come from too much testosterone. It comes from Having had it removed while your brain was was uh, sort of being developed, what do you feed them? They're so beautiful.
0: Well, uh, Topper seemed to when I got him was eating everything, including my <laughs> daughter's sock and <laughs> and uh, doll leg, which had to be surgically removed. No, seriously. And so he's had he's oh had God. three very big operations before his year, and he's on something called royal cayman venison, a special diet, and
1: he likes it, and
0: and he likes it, and I always uh, – and he has – I think he's fine now, but for a while there he had a bad tummy. Well, uh, yeah. Flows a vacuum cleaner. She eats anything. I have to feed her something called neutral lamb and rice, and I always add stuff. The older dogs, they all had different things. You'd have to, like – towards the end, Bobbin would eat only uh, – Not no longer boiled chicken. But you'd have to roast it.
1: Oh, come got. on. So Seriously. He, he
0: got really – super fussy and I had to almost like feed him. Yeah, I think wow. older dogs do. He was he was he was on his way out anyway, so
1: You wanted to give him some whatever meat. he wanted to eat. Yes. Whatever he wanted, yes. I'd give him that's so cool. Did your children spend a lot of time with the dogs growing up?
0: Oh yes, they're very close oh. to them. I used to always take my daughter, who's now seventeen, to my book signings and she would help me sign books. And uh and they, she comes in. She's off to college next year, but she's a high school senior now. She always says goodnight to them at night.
1: Aww. And up
0: until my son was sixteen, he had like dog-free areas, but now he loves them, and he's uh, he's very very good with them.
1: Do they do they in any time? do they have the problem Candace Bergen had with the Charlie McCarthy dog? That did they? Did they feel that the dogs were more important than them?
0: No, I don't think so. They think that they're they can be sort of annoying. Um, they're sort of loud, uh, when people come to visit, Flo has an incredibly loud voice when she yelps in your ear, you'll be deaf for a while. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, both, you know, my, my daughter might be a little more tolerant of, uh, their messiness and my son might be a little more, I don't.
1: Just like, just like dogs, people are all unique in their own way. There's no, you can't make any.
0: But all my dogs have slept in bed with my wife and I, and uh, they Bob and down by my feet, the two girls up by the pillows, and and Flo um, almost on top of of Christine. So
1: wow! Did anyone never, ever um, photograph we never that?
0: did the kennel stuff.
1: You didn't a never ph- did. No. Oh my God! But think of yeah, John my- and John and Yoko Ono in bed. We could have had Bill and Christine in bed with with the family. Yeah,
0: well, probably won't happen. But
1: no, too late now.
0: Christine would draw the line.
1: Yeah, there, so, there's some anyway, yeah. privacy issues. Just one last question. New York City walking these dogs when you had the foursome, were you the spectacle? Yeah. Did Were you able to walk more than a few feet without people accosting you in, in amazement?
0: You know what's great about New York is there's a lot of people have dogs. The dogs love walking around the block, meeting people, dogs, the doormen, the barber, whatever. And it's it's quite a lovely thing that we do course there's some people it's a little like a gauntlet when when they see you coming right, across right. the street. Yes. Uh but a lot of people stop and ask you questions and maybe a more normal person. You know, you can't be shy and if you have a dog and no one almost no one says, Are you William Wegman? Every <laughs> once in a while someone will say, Look are those those magazine dogs or Aww. when I go down and or I'll say I'll hear people say, Sesame Street <laughs> so, this, that, that, that's really nice. So, that is uh, really that. nice.
1: And then, yeah. and then, what about the transition to Maine? Do they run free in the woods and the and the lake? Or are they
0: fenced absolutely? In? Yeah, we go for we go for long bike rides on the mountain roads, and they jump in the lake. Wow, yeah, that's perfect. Here, here, I actually bike them on the leash on the bike path late at night when no one else is around. No kidding. So they get a lot of they do get intense exercise. I wouldn't recommend it to, to anyone but me. You have to be hundred percent alert.
1: Yes. And, and yes.
0: These dogs are just really used to it. They they always stay on the same side. They don't suddenly jump out after things. Right. They know that if if there's bad bad things could happen. So, but I'm very careful.
1: Well, I think it's an it's an amazing life you've had with these dogs. An amazing opportunities that they brought you and that you've given them. And and I think also all the, the various sides of your work and, and your artistry, are reflected in them and, and obviously reflected in other things that you're doing. I'm extremely grateful and happy to have two of your films in the Dog Film Festival. And and there are so many others. Maybe I'm going to go find dog baseball too. Maybe I'm just not going to be able to control myself. But I'm very <laughs> grateful for, for how you've made us look at dogs in a different way. I do think that that, that was, has been really pioneering and continues in the same way. You just make us see things differently and, and an appreciation of just the beauty of them. And and I think that, that their love for you and their devotion to you is clear in every picture because they're there by choice. And as you say, they actually demand to be there. So, Bill, thank you for an incredibly generous amount of time. It's been an honor and an absolute pleasure to find out what has gone on behind the scenes with you and these dogs. And, and I hope to see more pictures of uh, of this younger generation. You're sticking with just two, though, right? For
0: now. Oh, yeah. I yeah, um, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll
1: We'll see what happens. We'll see how tempted you get. Thank you again, and I look forward not to see you at the Dog Film Festival, but some of the fantastic dogs that have been in your life. Thanks a lot, Bill. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. It was a whole hour of Bill Wegman. If you can get Bill Wegman, you grab Bill Wegman because there's just so many different aspects to understand of what he does. These films are incredible. And I and I just want to say again about the Dog Film Festival, there's something in a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of way to, to some in the baby-booming generation, you know what I mean, where you get to see something together, have an experience together, which in this case will be to see many different kinds of movies that just... Uh, uh, I, I think that the, the shared experience will be something special. We all do too much alone on our own with our with our iPhones, iPhones devices and locked in our houses with our big screen TVs. We need to come together and celebrate the dog and all that that means. There are founding member tickets that get you into the, the gala premiere pooch party the night before at Ruby and Jack's on 60th and, and 2nd Avenue with great doggy bags and a green carpet and too many things to say dog psychics and sketch artists and then the film festival itself october 3rd at symphony space you'll have vip roped off seats and you know how much better that makes you feel thank you all for listening have a great memorial day weekend and we will talk again soon